Kia ora and welcome to the Stronger Dads Collective podcast, where we aim to help dads be stronger versions of themselves as fathers, people, and in their athletic pursuits. I'm your host, Hayden Pritchard, and you can find me at hjp underscore stronger dads on Instagram, and you can learn more about me and my coaching services at hjpmethod.co.nz. Before you finish listening today, be sure to rate and subscribe on the platform you're listening to. Right, let's get into today's episode. Kia ora and welcome to episode 50 of the Stronger Dads Collective. Today for our milestone 50th episode, the tables are turned and the host becomes the guest. My name is Ryan O'Connor and I'll be your host today. You may know me from episode 13 of the Stronger Dads Collective. I was that battler that uh, tried to play sevens for Southland and Canterbury <laughs> and I don't know what else I did, but a bit of swimming, a bit of water polo, a bit of soccer. Um, you might have heard a better story from Hayden on my podcast, the Stagor podcast episode <laughs> 207, uh, 87, sorry. Right, let's introduce today's guest. You probably know him. You've uh, been listening to him. Today, I'm joined by Hayden Pritchard, or I guess that's Dr. Hayden Pritchard. Hayden is a husband and father of two boys, and a three-year-old and a two-year-month-old. Oh, I don't envy you, Hayden. Hayden is a PhD sports scientist, former New Zealand representative powerlifter, and now trains towards hybrid strength training and endurance challenges to keep himself active. During the day, he works as a project manager in the health sector. And outside of that, when he's not busy dating, he's the host of the very podcast and strengthening editioning coach. Hayden, how you going, mate? <laughs> well, well written. Jeez, mate, you would have thought that someone wrote that for you. <laughs> I dabbled a little bit there. A bit of creative control. No, it was good. How you doing, man? Yeah, no, it's, it's going all right. I'm, uh, we're recording this episode on the other side of Christmas to what you'll be listening um, to it on. So things are winding down. Had my last day um, in the office today. So that's kind of nice. I've got most things sort of ticked off, I think, as we were talking about before this podcast. You know, things are, things are ticked off. I've got a few things in the bank. As I said, this is pre-Christmas and you're going to be listening to this in 2024. So this is Hayden of the past talking to you in the future. Um, so... Yeah, so that's going to be that's going to be interesting, isn't it? But it's yeah, it's going to be a good year, twenty twenty four. I'm thinking, mate, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. I sort of started this podcast at the start of this year, thinking, you know what, try and put out one a week. Um, and if if you can count, you'll realise that we've missed that by a couple because um, this is episode fifty and it's coming out the next year. So <laughs> so that means we've missed a couple of weeks along the way. But I think it was only three. Um, three weeks, you know, because it's a Friday. So there should have been, there would have actually been 52 in this year then if we had have had that, but, or last year, depending on when you're listening to this, which is the ninth. I'm getting confused now with times, mate, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's pretty commendable. Like you had me on episode 13 and you were just really pushing for that 20 year, a bit like right now you had a few banked up, which I thought was pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. That's the toughest part. Like I'm in a, this year for me, it's been a real up and down, like periods where I've been like you and, gone out to sort of four weeks in advance and then <laughs> i've had these holes and i'm like oh shit and <laughs> like we were, we were joking about a potential guest that i hadn't heard of that i was hoping to have talked to today and, seen <laughs> and we saw a photo that they he were, would have uh, been more interesting to talk to than me mate <laughs> well, well he's been on another well a very popular podcast and, and he's sucked a few beers so i think um mm. if i'd been able to catch him today look we would have been a bit of fun oh, i think today <laughs> today would have been a very good day to catch him you probably would have got some stories mate <laughs> oh yeah yeah no um so you, you obviously cracked 20 yeah you got mm. beyond that 90 percent of podcasts and now now it's going to be 50 so that's pretty unreal man how, how does it all 
feel looking back like um anybody who's tried to devil will know that it's bloody hard and three there's a reason why people don't get past two or three episodes but the roi on this thing's not monetary how how you felt mm. on how you felt about it yeah that's kind of been one of the things that i've sort of been thinking about like i've had to sort of think back as we've got through the year and be thinking you know what was the whole purpose behind this thing like why did i really start this and that's kind of i guess if, if there's a good reason there there's probably a better chance you're going to continue it on and if you're only if you're only doing it to try and get yourself a like you know some sort of monetary return or a massive audience or something like that <sighs> unless you're you know fairly popular already hmm. that's going to take a hell of a long time to do and so you're, not or you're leveraging see... leveraging another platform <laughs> yeah 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 and, and you're not going to see that instant return you know it's going to take a while to pick up you're going to get 10 10 listens a week sort of thing at the start or whatever it might be it's not going to be much um so to kind of see you know see it from a different lens and like i always said at the start that it was about having conversations that would benefit me as well and like that's you know you'll see in the three questions which we ask at the end which i've asked you you know like there's a thing there about new dads you know the whole idea here really isn't isn't necessarily you know, i mean those other things would be nice right having making some money from it or something like that you know um wouldn't that be cool i'd have a new mic but it's the same one i started with <laughs> before i started the podcast and it's the same so you can tell how much money i'll be making from the podcast it's not a lot um you did better than me that you actually started with the mic. I just started with the iPhone headphones, mate. <laughs> well, I had I, I actually got this from when I was a guest um, on the Iron Culture podcast because nice. um, I knew that they were you know a reputable podcast and have a big audience. I'm like, I can't sound like rubbish on that. You know, I've got to at least have something, um, <laughs> some things that my audio quality can kind of keep up. But I don't know, man. Some weeks this thing sounds a bit worse, and sometimes it sounds a bit better. So hopefully it's all right tonight. Um, but you're like having that other reason and that whole idea. I think. Oh, of like for me that was the the idea right was to chat to dads about dadding and how you can stay fit and how you can stay active and kind of do that because i know if i'm interested in it you know there's bound to be at least one other person that's interested in it and you know we probably get on average i think what are we nearly at 50 episodes or we will be at 50 episodes by the time this comes out we're nearly at about 4,000 downloads or listens so i mean you're looking at close to 100 listens an episode i mean there's some that have more and some that have less um but on average you're sitting pretty close to you know 80 to 100 listens which i think is pretty cool really that there's you know i know that's not a massive number in the grand scheme of things but to think i started with you know what have i got two thousand odd followers on instagram or something and that's the main place that i promote this so i think it's doing all right and to be honest it's as i said it's not just about that um but i guess when you when you're hoping to create content that people will find interesting and helpful you want more people to see it you know like so the idea of the listens isn't just to build a, a better personal brand or to build something that I can turn into a business. It's actually to try and, you know, learn things myself and then let other people benefit from that. And I think if you didn't have that reason and if it was all about the returns and that, and that didn't come in the first 10 episodes, because that's 10 weeks of your life, which yeah. at the time feels like a lot, right? That's a pretty big investment. Um, or can seem like a pretty big investment at the time. If you were getting nothing back, you can see why people pack it in, man. It's not you know, sometimes you're like, shit, what am I going to put out this week? Because, um, <laughs> you you know, you've had a guest fall through or something like that. And you're like, geez, what am I going to do now? Um, and it's almost probably more so with some of your stuff, because I know for me, like not every episode has to have a guest. I mean, the majority of them have. Um, and that requires the coordination. It requires getting the timing right and making sure that they turn up and, you know, then editing that episode, all those sorts of things that you sort of don't think about at the start. You sort of think, oh, yeah, I'll chuck the mic on and record it. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's not just the half hour that you start off with and then work work your way into 
hour hour and a half and if you're if you're lucky you push the boat to two hours but it's everything yeah. around it it's the booking it's the you know consulting with your better half and you know all that sort of thing <laughs> just just on that <laughs> consulting with the better half what what oh, did no. <laughs> what did life look like for you two prior to kids like mm. were, you, were you still academic then and was what was coming first was it training or was it academics or did you sort of fall out of that balance towards the academics to get your PhD done or, or like how did that sort of go? Um, so before we had, cause so we, we kind of had a bit of a journey and, you know, I think it was episode something like six and seven back where I talked about the fertility journey that we went through. Um, but we had like a four year spell of that. So I think near when we first started trying to have kids was just as I was finishing the PhD. Um, so I was, what would I be doing athletically then? probably mucking around with some CrossFit or something like that at that stage. Um, and then maybe some weightlifting after that. But how, how, did you, how did you balance the competitive nature? Like I've done that Clifton Strengths Finders and that's my number one. And like they're talking at work about how they used to do social football. And mm. the other day I was like, oh, they really should get back into social football. I said, no, they really shouldn't. I was like, you'll see a different person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how did, yeah. When you're at CrossFit, was it, was it the – I'm Hayden Pritchard, the you know world world level powerlifter, or was it like this is this is fun and something to do? It was it was I, I can never not be competitive when I do stuff like that. Like when I was doing the CrossFit, I <laughs> I, I had this thing in my head like you know I'm pretty good powerlifter, I'm pretty strong. You know it won't take long to transfer that into the Olympic weightlifts and be pretty strong at that. And you know I've been a runner before, so I'm going to be pretty fit. So I should be pretty good at this. You know I think in my head I might have even thought oh, I'll probably be in regionals in a couple of years. You know like in the back of your mind type stuff. You never express that to anyone except on the a podcast. A couple of years, not not one, not one. <laughs> no, I at least gave myself I think two <laughs> years, mate. And then I think probably after I don't know six to nine months I realised okay you might be like okay at this, but you're not going to be great at this. Like this this hurlocker stuff isn't the type of thing that you excel at you know you can be pretty good and you can push yourself pretty hard and you're competitive so you'll give it a good nudge you know some of the strength events you might do quite well at but there's not really a pure strength event that you're going to be fantastic at so that kind of you know i i figured that out pretty quick that i I could be good but i wouldn't be great you know at it Mm -hmm. um and that was okay um but the weightlifting side always kind of intrigued me more and so that's why i naturally moved into that side and kind of got into coaching and learning a bit more about technique and all this sort of stuff for that because obviously i'd come from the powerlifting background earlier you know prior to the crossfit days and i think like if we're thinking of that academic timeline so it was about yeah 20 what would that be 2017 or something that we were starting to try and have kids around then Mm -hmm. um, because that was when i graduated with the phd was the end of 2017 and so for sort of that, that would have been a bit of CrossFit for those few years of that PhD. And then weightlifting was after that. And powerlifting was pretty much wrapped up. Would have been the first year of my PhD, which I guess naturally, I didn't do that intentionally. Stop doing the PH, uh, stop doing the powerlifting while I was doing the PhD. But I guess that kind of just coincided that I probably got a little bit busy with study because I was working full time while doing the studies, um, as well as trying to balance the powerlifting you know, training at the start there for that 2014 year and then 15, 16 and start of 17 before I submitted. Yeah, there was, I wasn't doing any international competitions. I wasn't doing anything like that. Like I wasn't traveling for sport really, except for a little bit locally with, you know, some fun CrossFit comps and that. Um, so yeah, I don't know that that was kind of, I guess I had the powerlifting focus up until the start of the PhD. I probably had more of the PhD focus with a bit of balance with some of the um, CrossFit stuff. And then after the PhD finished, 
I was probably more of a mixture, I guess, between the academic side of my study and my work and the and the weightlifting side where I was trying to, you know, build my coaching knowledge, grow a little bit of a weightlifting club. The Manutu Wanganui Weightlifting Club is what it's called now, but it was the Palmerston North Weightlifting Club at the time. Um, and, you know, got that founded and got that off the ground and, you know, sort of went through a few peaks and troughs over the years with that. And now I'm not the president of that anymore. And we've got a really um, enthusiastic president there, which is awesome because she's pushing the club a lot more than I would be sort of willing to at this stage in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been kind of cool to see that evolution. But, yeah, we... I guess when I led up to up to the the training around having the kids, it was I was kind of not like highly competitive at anything. I would have been national level in the weightlifting near around when Harvey was born, um, but I wasn't. You know, I wasn't winning national championships. I think I managed to sneak in a North Island's win um, one of those years, which was uh, was nice. There are a couple of people that are particularly good that weren't there, and I'll take that win because the win is still the win, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's um, in the records. Yeah, exactly. So I, I have won a title, you know, if it's, uh, yeah, even though it's the North Island title, not the Nationals title, I'll, I'll, I'll claim that, right? It's a national level event. So, hey. <laughs> it's a bit, um, like, a bit, like, a bit like racing Andre Taylor and, and, <laughs> and, and Kurt Baker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tick that up. Yeah. Um. So, like, oh, you said about the sort of four-year journey of fidelity. Did mm. that sort of you know give you this well the the way that i see training the way that i see working out is going to change dramatically soon and, and like i said that turned out to be a, a longer period but mm. did that did that sort of mean that when it came along it was like you'd already started looking at it differently anyway probably and i think like i i think of that in a whole bunch of different ways because you know you sort of started to see some of your family and friends who were having children and their lives were changing. And you, you'd kind of see that. Like we went camping. Um, we did a camp at Lake Topor one like Christmas, New Year period. And I think Sash and I were the only ones without kids. You know, it was the other two couples that were with us both have kids. And you just kind of noticed like the real stark contrast in that. Like, you know, <laughs> we could we could kind of wake up when we wanted. The kids are waking them up earlier. You know, I had my earplugs in, so, you know, I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't get woken up. Um, you know, all of those sorts of little things. And you, you quickly realise that actually it's going to be quite a consuming, like, task. Mm. Um, but then also alongside that, you kind of see all the cool bits and pieces that you're missing out on. And that's what kind of, I guess, made that journey itself really challenging. And I think I've mentioned that during our stories, like, you know, you saw all these people who had kids and had this thing that you wanted and you could see them having those experiences with, you know, whether it was the newborn snuggles or whether it was, you know, like, you know, even the even the things like the kid, you know, being silly or talking back or whatever. And you kind of just felt a little bit like, oh, man, like that would be cool or that would be nice. Mm -hmm. um, and so you kind of had that aspect of it. But, yeah, you also did see that, hey, this thing's a really time consuming thing and life is never going to be the same after that. So you sort of started to think and that I don't think I had started to scale back like training much at that stage i wasn't doing as much because i was doing other responsibilities with having you know the full-time job and you know all those sorts of things that come alongside that and you know we were building a house at the time and those sorts of things um so i was training less but i was still training with the objective of being good at weightlifting you know when we were leading into that year of having when harvey was actually born um but I think I was also really aware that that wasn't going to last in terms of once we had Harvey, something was going to have to change. Um, I didn't really want it to, but I sort of in my head before Harvey was born, probably like a month or so before Harvey was born, um, 
Is it a month or so? Yeah, it would have been about a month or so, or, or maybe longer than that before Harvey was born. I signed up to City Fitness because it was a 24-hour gym. And <laughs> in my head, like, I knew that I would have to be, and it was, you know, it was around the time when we were building a house. And so we were living in, like, a little flat so I didn't really have my home gym set up that well until there was a lockdown. Then I managed to clear things in this garage, make enough space for a squat rack and a bench. And that was, you know, I could do something in there for that small lockdown period. Because um, that, that might have actually been gym. after that. That might have been after Harvey was born almost or very close to the same time. You've had home gym gear for quite a, quite a while. Like. Yeah. So back when we were powerlifting, um, would have been like 2014 or oh, 2013 it would have been, um, we like Jono and I basically decided we want to not be training somewhere that's, you know, full of other people. We want to have our space. We want to be able to spend time in the rack, do whatever we want, like not not kind of feel like you're holding other people up. Um, we wanted to have our own equipment. We wanted to ensure we could get the bar we wanted, the plates we wanted, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, well, let's just buy a bunch of stuff and and use that. <laughs> um, so probably from, yeah, 2013 or 2014, and this is like three or four years later. So I pretty much had a full, you know, powerlifting type setup, you know, barbells, bump, um, you know, proper plates, all that sort of stuff. And probably during that time as well, was it, this was, yeah, I was at 2013 all the way through like 2020-ish. Yeah, it was 2020-ish. So that's, yeah, seven or eight years of having a home gym by then. Um, I had been sponsored by Industrial Athletic at that time as well during the powerlifting phases of that. And then obviously when I got into the CrossFit stuff, they kind of, you know, carried on looking after me for a little bit and, and helping me out, even though I wasn't any good. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I had, you had, you you had, know, the I had full on set up, man. I had everything that, that you could possibly want in your, in your gym if you're a meathead like me. Like, you know, I might not have had all of the fancy stuff, but I had the stuff you, you need and you yeah. really want to have in your gym that you can do pretty much, you know, you can train pretty much any compound lift and you're all good. <laughs> well, you're still, you're still a great ambassador for it. Cause exactly like you said, you're, you're, you're a meathead for it. You're, you geek out on it and, and you've yeah. also used it now. What'd you say? Um, nearly. You know, yeah. Well, years, I think, yeah, I think the bar, 20, that, the bar that I've got in my garage at the moment is one of the ones that we got from industrial athletic. It must've been, must've been like 2014 and it's, it's still going fine. Um, it was one of their earlier like hybrid powerlifting slash weightlifting models that they had. I'm pretty sure that's one I've still got in my garage, um, <laughs> or one one of those early day ones anyway. Nice. nice. So yeah, and does goes does, well. that, does Sash influence the running? Like you said, you know you, you you're famous for your seven form running race, hundred meters and two hundred meters. But you know that when it comes to getting out on the on the Queenstown and Hawks Hawks Bay marathons, is is that mm. come from Sash? Like do something a bit more. Uh, freeing <laughs> <laughs> well we can probably go back even further like because as you mentioned there the um the high school stuff was was athletics like that was my sport during high school was athletics i played rugby and you know those sorts of things like like um like i guess most kiwi kiwi boys do you know they play a bit of rugby at some stage and i played that to about sixth form and then in seventh form i focused on my sprinting um and i did that there was two or three like solid years of training, you know, in the sprints focused on, as you said, the 200 and the 400, always wanting to be a hundred meter sprinter because who doesn't, but never quite being fast enough. Um, and then it was actually the day I proposed to Sash, <laughs> I ran, um, I ran the Waitariri Forest, I think it was, half marathon. Um, I haven't beat that time. That was the first oh. one that I ran. So it was after I'd finished the, um, after I'd finished the sprinting, I was like, oh, you know, I want to do something a bit different. Still want to be active, still want to be running. I'll try this long distance stuff. Um, 
and trained up and I think I got through in like 139 and I think my best this year was like 143 so I'm still four minutes off and I've been you know properly that I probably did what I don't know six or nine months maybe of endurance training if that at that stage um but obviously uh, I probably had you, a pretty good done, base from the other three, stuff you've done three <laughs> years of training and now what are you at like one or two years yeah yeah well no I'd done I'd yeah well I've been I'd been running for sprinting, you know, 400 meters a bit different to it's running that quite a few times, what, 40, 40 to 50 times as long. Um, so, yes, yeah, you know, so you're, not, you're not keeping up with there. modern, modern, modern day uh, marathon and half marathon runners. That's, that's, what, they, that's what they're doing now. They're ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I. Skip do? It's, it's unreal. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have been doing my sprints as fast as him, mate. <laughs> Would have been pretty close. Um, but no, so we, I did that half marathon then. And then I sort of, once I got into the powerlifting side, I sort of used the whole excuse, you know, cardio ruin your gains. And I've talked about that numerous times on the podcast, how that's, you know, not really the case, but it's a great excuse when you're wanting to be a powerlifter to not do cardio. Um, but then, yeah, after baby, it was sort of like, I think I banned baby six months after Harvey was born. Sash went out on a run. She just did a little 3K run and I was still doing some weightlifting, but, you know, maybe mainly sort of hypertrophy or muscle growth type training in the gym just to try and keep myself, you know, in shape, I guess. Um, and she went on this run. I was like, man, I, I haven't run for ages. That'd be quite fun. I might have to do that. Um, and so when she got back, I was like, oh, can you look after Harvey? And I'll I'll go for a run too. And then I've gone on obviously since then. And I started entering because for me, I have to, like you mentioned yourself being competitive, right? I have to do something competitive um, in order to stick to it, basically. So it was a 10K first, and then I think it was a second 10K, and then it was a half marathon, and then another half marathon, and then it was I've got to hit this 145, you know, before I can stop these half marathons. Um, and so there's been a bunch of sort of 10K and half marathon events that I've sort of used to keep me motivated, and that just works for me, right? Like it doesn't matter what it is that keeps coming back, but if you know what it is, then use that to kind of you know trick yourself into doing it right like and so if i tr have an event entered into i'm not going to turn up to an event and not have put in some effort you know mm. um because i want to do well sure i might not always beat my time i know i know that going in right i knew i wasn't going to beat 139 i wasn't trying to go for that i had a different goal in mind which was you know that 145 it took me i think 18 months to actually get it from the time when i was like i'm gonna hit a <laughs> hit one of those and it didn't happen straight away i had to keep going back for it because it took a bit of time to get that endurance base back up Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know that's kind of what keeps me focused and like doing something is if i have a competitive goal if i have something that i can work towards and i can train towards then i'll do well and that's kind of i guess how i got into um the powerlifting in the beginning as well was the exact same thing i was enjoying the gym i was enjoying running um sorry, I was enjoying the gym after running, right? It was keeping me fit, keeping me active and doing something. And then one of my lecturers at the time, um, who ironically was the one on the podcast last week, when you listen to this, it'll be last week's podcast with Dr. Matt Barnes. Um, he's he's like, oh, you're pretty strong at this squat bench deadlift stuff. Have you have you thought of doing powerlifting? And I was kind of like, oh, nah. Um, but I looked into it and I'm like, man, this would be like, it's basically what I'm doing. I'm training to be stronger at these things. Why not compete at it? So I've kind of always used that to keep me coming back and it's not very hard to convince me to keep coming back like you know if i know that i'm going to be a relatively good at something or good enough that i can achieve something like i'll keep coming back i'm going to keep turning up and training and i'm going to be like oh, i'm going to beat that or i'm going to beat that and you know oftentimes it's you versus you and then once you get good enough it's like oh me versus someone else um, yeah. and that's kind of always been the way i guess and in, in sort of that athletic sense is 
initially you just want to get a bit better and you want to improve and you want to test yourself and then you're like oh, i could beat these other guys at this i might <laughs> i might do that not so much these days with the running mate because you know when you're finishing i don't know 300th out of a thousand that you know sure you're in the top 30 percent or whatever it might be but it's not that great <laughs> top it's not the same as winning something top 30 percent of those who showed up yeah <laughs> although you still uh, get a medal <laughs> yeah it's interesting you brought up that, t- that testing there like um you know, was babysitting the other day, babysitting, mm-hmm. parenting. I don't know what you actually call it. Not at work. I was at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, picked up the barbell and and was like, right, I'll see if what I can do with my stack of weights, which is 180. Yeah. And yeah, it was. It's your deadlift, was it? Yeah, and my yeah. hands are very much off his hands. They were in absolute <laughs> ribbons after all that. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm gonna, you know, ladder this. So. Got to the 170, and I was like, did five. And then I got to the 180, I was like, I'll do three. And then did another one. And then came down back to 170, I was like, no, I'm going to do three here. <laughs> and then, then it was like 150, <laughs> one, one, 110, 50k is like, Jesus Christ. There's, there's, but it's like interesting when you when you do a little test like that, like, mm-hmm. oh, what, have, what have I still got there? And then I sort of look at it like, well, maybe now I'll do a training period of you know, five by five, one twenties or one tens or something like that, mm. and then go back again and do it because I've only just sort of been uh, mooching around with it in the in the morning, like fifty kgs or yeah. seventy kgs type type stuff, and then doing other movements. And I've got rings in the garage and stuff like that. And then every now and then you go, well, what if I do something specific, specific training block? Is that is that where you find yourself now that you you'll go and test something and then work on it for a little while and retest or? Yeah, and I just have like random things come to mind that are like um, numbers, you know, like for me that 145, I still haven't finished the 145 because I need to get both the sub 145 half and the 145 kg bench press within the same 24 hour period. That's the that's the objective. Um, and then I've got another one, you know, and it's just trying to keep me engaged in both of those facets, right? Strength training the upper body, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. as well as doing my endurance training for the running. Cause I enjoy running. That's the form of cardio I, I, I like, you know, call me weird, but I, I enjoy getting outside and kind of getting some fresh air and it, you know, mm-hmm. it's just you and you out there, you know, and you get to kind of enjoy that time outside without the anything else. Or on the trail? Uh, it tends to just be road. I, I, I don't particularly like hills um if i'm going to be honest with you and if you're in the trails then you're normally on the hills um but you know i'll go down old country road or something you know so it's not not necessarily you know in town town like sometimes because where we live we're kind of well (laughs) you know we're on the edge of town sort of thing and so we can go you know out and you're easily into like rural areas or you're into you're into places that kind of have those little little backcountry road type things but just on the edge of edge of town so um it's quite nice and you can get into some bush tracks and stuff out there as well so i do do a little bit of that but i'm definitely not going to say that i'm on the trails i'm just out in the fresh air um (laughs) and getting some me time i guess in my head as well but yeah that's kind of how i do it now is i'll come up with these random challenges like another one is a sub sub 45 um 10k and i had put down a 450 pound deadlift but Jono keeps taking the piss out of me. He's like, mate, like a 450 pound deadlift, you you could do like that for a triple or, or something at the moment. Like, don't, <laughs> he's like, you that can't be part of the goal. I'm like, yeah, but the 45 minute, you know, 10K is the hard piece. The other piece is like my buy-in. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think he's probably convinced me that I'd turn the turn the 450 pound one into a back squat or something at that time. Um, yeah. And I recently tried to get a, I called it the 161. So it was a, a one mile, so 1.61 Ks and 161 kilo front squat. You know, again, same thing in the same 24-hour period. And I was like, right, I'll do the front squat first. And if I hit it, then I'll go for the sub-six mile because I wasn't that confident of 
you know, the sub six mile, I thought I'd be more likely to hit the one four four uh, one six one front squat. Did not happen. Did not happen. <laughs> um, I'd gone in. I think my last warm ups were like meant to be one forty one, one fifty one, and then one sixty one. The one forty one was all good. One fifty one, I missed twice, and I'm like, I didn't even get my last warm up in. <laughs> like, yeah. So I didn't even get to give it a crack. But hey, maybe next year. <laughs> As we, as we said, we were recording this before Christmas. Um, you yeah. appreciate Dr. Will O'Connor's post today about mm. having a having a season and a training program. Like, how did that land for you? Like, you appreciate it. It was, it was a good wee post. Yeah. So the thing with that was like he was talking about um, he was talking about enjoying what you do and being excited about your training. And it's one of those things that I think when you're quite an analytical person, mm. you know, and a researcher. <laughs> You kind of want to be like, right, I know that this protocol works and this protocol works. And I should have this rest period and, and and all those sorts of things, right? And you're like, oh, this won't be quite as optimal. And it's weird because I already know that what I do in training isn't optimal. Like yeah. <laughs> I I train less than I probably should because that's the nature of like having kids. Um, you know, I don't do a perfect program. Sometimes I'll add random stuff in or change what I'm doing. It, it might look different, you know, to what I planned on paper sometimes. But I kind of liked that whole thing of like, you know, training should be something you're looking forward to and it should be something that you enjoy doing. And so I guess that's part of what I've tried to do with how I, you know, maybe even a little bit subconsciously or not really, it's kind of purposefully, right, with like the challenges because I'm enjoy, I enjoy like going out and challenging myself on a half marathon. So therefore, I enjoy a lot of the training that will come along with that. Sure, there's boring bits or bits that aren't as fun, um, but there's those certain sessions where, you know, there'll be like a longer run that will have certain splits that are at race pace or slightly faster. And then you'll finish with like a faster bin. You know, you might go out and do, you know, 5k at half marathon pace plus 4k plus 3k and then have a short rest and then do 1k at like a 10k pace. And you sort of, you know, those are the ones that I find really fun because they're, they're almost like a challenge within the workout. Like you come and you're like, right, am I actually going to be able to do this? Like, am I going to be able to, I know I'll be able to get that one and that one and that one, but will I actually still have the legs at the end to hit that? Um, and I, I like that sort of stuff. And then just other things that, you know, I can go back to the track and think that I'm a 17 year old sprinter again, you know, and do some 400 meter repeats or whatever it might be like those sorts of things is the training that I enjoy. And I'm like, okay, I, I should probably do more of that sort of stuff than it having to be like, is it fitting this? Is it fitting this? Um, yes, there's time for that. And if you're wanting to improve at something, you're going to have to do some of those sessions, but why not have a few more that are just, I'd enjoy this one more than that one. And they both do relatively the same thing. So I'm going to do that one. Mm. Um, and that's, I guess, kind of what I've been trying to do. And it's the same thing at the moment I'm doing. Um, I made the strongest 10 program, which I've got some people piloting for me, jumping on and having a go and sort of seeing what results they get. The whole objective of that is to train the big three powerlifts, so squat, bench, press, deadlift, um, alongside running to try and improve at a 10K event. So there's like a pre-test that everyone did last week and then in, they'll do eight weeks of training and then they'll have a post-testing week after that. And I thought, hey, I might as well jump in on this because it's like something I enjoy. But, you know, in my head, I was like, I don't really want to do the back squat at the moment. So I'm just going <laughs> to just going to sub the back squat for a front squat. So for me, it's front squat, bench press and deadlift are the, you know, the three sort of key lifts um, that I'm focusing on alongside doing a little bit of back squats. But, you know, the key lift that I'm looking at with that one is is the front squat because that's what I enjoy, you know. And it's sort of like, why, like, why if you're not, if you're not a competitive powerlifter, because put that out there first, right, if you're a competitive powerlifter, you should be back squatting, not front squatting. But if you're if you're not competing at anything that's organized, why do you have to do a back squat, bench press, and deadlift? Like if you're doing Olympic lifts, why do you have to do a snatch and a clean injury? What if you just like this clean? Like <laughs> do, 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 the, do the part Keegan, of it that you enjoy. Do you still follow Keegan Smith? Keegan Smith? Uh, he was with the Roosters for a long time. 
Oh, and yeah. he, he he had a um, post up today, and it was exactly that about bench press. He said yeah. it's been years and years and years focusing on you know, yeah. how much I could get from straight arm to chest to back up to yeah. the top. He said, there are so many movements in this movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He just had to one plate on, and he was like catching it. He was going fast down, quick up, you know, um, sorry, slow down, quick up, you know, partials, like mm. lots of mini partials with full range motion. He's like this, you know. I'm not about. I'm not a powerlifter. So there are so many things that we can do as a training tool in mm. this one one position. And, yeah, hard out, hard out. Like, what you know? What What are your goals? So it's like we can we can get hypertrophy here. We can get you know muscle endurance here. <laughs> it's like yeah, and I've like I've I've got a bit of a philosophy around some of that stuff as well. Like where I kind of think of it as like patterns. Like what are like the movement patterns that you should be doing? And like for me, you know you should be pressing vertically and pressing horizontally. So, you know, some sort of some sort of shoulder press that or something that resembles a shoulder press, some sort of bench press or something that resembles a bench press. Could be a push-up, could be dumbbell bench, could be like whatever, you know. Um, something that's the opposite of those, you know, so like a pull towards you, um, you know, from in front. So like a row type movement or a pull down type movement or a pull up type movement, depending on what you're, you know, whether you're pulling yourself up or you're pulling the machine to you. Um, and then some sort of a squat movement and some sort of a hinge movement. And so that's kind of how I like to think about training is have I sort of ticked all these basic fundamental kind of ways of moving off. And if I have, I've probably targeted my full body. I've probably targeted like 90% of muscle groups or something like that. Haven't done the calves, but you know, aside, <laughs> aside from that, like you've kind of trained like the majority of your body and from an overall health wellness perspective, you've ticked all your boxes. So if you enjoy doing that, like, you know, you enjoy a, you enjoy a bench press more than a dumbbell bench press, we'll do the bench press. If you enjoy the dumbbell bench press more than the bench, do that. If you enjoy press-ups more than either of those, do that. Like, um, that's kind of the way I like try to look at it now is what is, you know, am I training a large, you know, a number of different movement patterns throughout the week? Cool. Awesome. I win. <laughs> yeah, it's been cool watching um, Brett Soren he he supplies so many awesome people with with weightlifting gear now mm. but um he said that he'd been talking to jocko and of course you can't bullshit when you're talking to jocko willink mm. and because he had a um post up the other day of him in a really nice snatch position i said oh that's nice position he's like yeah nowhere near the weight that i used to do when i was a um, hammer thrower but yeah you know jocko sort of said to me can you get into that position and i was like turns out i can and it looked yeah beautiful. looked beautiful and so he's, yeah. he's just back now training some of those incredible power movements that he used to do as an athlete and like he's good friends with Derek woodski who was yeah um out there with charles poliquin for a long time and i was sort of back and forth with um bro i was like well you know that's kind of what Derek gets at as well isn't it like what movements can you do hold on to those for as long as you possibly can mm. And, you know, when you've been mentored by Charles Pollock and you don't really have too many excuses, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like for me, like it is, it is that whole thing. Like you want to, like, I know a, a large part of why I started training obviously was predominantly around being good at something, you know, like sprinting. Like I started weightlift, weightlifting and, and, you know, weightlifting, powerlifting, whatever it was, those types of training movements or resistance training, I guess. I started those specifically to support um, sprinting. Yeah. yeah. You know, like they, they were brought in for that purpose. They weren't brought in because I wanted to be better at those movements. The movements had a purpose. Like they were brought in to make me a faster athlete or to make me a more like robust athlete, all of those sorts of qualities that, you know, lifting helps you with. And then it kind of just, I guess I fell into that sport because it was, 
I guess, allowed me to use those fast twitch fibers that I had used from sprinting in a different way, you know, and I was actually better at that. You know, I was better at being strong rather than fast. Um, so it's, yeah, it's quite funny how that sort of happens. But nowadays it's quite different, right? Like the training is kind of the event. <laughs> like it's kind of weird, right? Like you think of a powerlifter or a weightlifter and for majority of sports and team sports, those movements are just training. Like they're not the sport, right? Like they help you get better at sprinting or they help you be more robust and less likely to get injured, those sorts of things. Um, whereas, you know, for like people like me and you, like those those trainings are kind of like, what we do right like mm. we, we don't necessarily have the competitive adventure i guess you do with your hunting but um you know for me that's that's all it is right there's not really a a test that isn't an actual go out and run as fast as you can or go out and lift as much as you can like those are the only things that i really test myself on now you know i'm not going out and playing game of footy in the weekend mm. um, do, you, do you have that like consistency of doms like i've i've had it the last three days after doing that session i'm, I'm like this is should I actually love this feeling? Like, <laughs> like, and same when I go hunting, I'm like, you know, that especially that first day we yeah. were the, when we we're up in the Rohani and getting up in the morning. Thank God I shot that deer on the first day. Because getting up <laughs> in the morning, I was just like, holy shit, what, what have I done? You know, carried, I guess, 20 odd Ks in, kgs in for 12 Ks and, you know, and then gone down in this garden and carried this, you know, 10 kgs worth of meat out of this garden back to the tent and, <laughs> like, oh, I'm I'm pretty sore, and then it's like, oh yeah, there's somebody else here. They want to shoot a deer too, so it was you know climbing um, around the mountains and stuff. But just that that feeling of of like earned hurt. I don't know. That's it's a kind of <laughs> kind of. Um, I think honestly, for like the last probably almost since I've had Harvey, mm -hmm. like my training has been like a lot more minimalistic than it was prior to Harvey and so it's only when I've added in something new like literally you know like I've started you know a block that's focused around training legs or whatever it is and actually done that then those first few weeks of that I'll have that doms again because it's unfamiliar um but generally I haven't had heaps of that in the last couple of years just because I in all honesty I just don't think I've been training hard enough no, that's like what I, I don't think I've been pushing enough in terms of the volume like I've as I said I've started the strongest 10 thing and like doing you know a couple of leg exercises like yesterday for instance it was what i have i had the front squats for about i think it was four work sets three sets of um good mornings and there were three sets of lunges in there as well as a little bit of bench but you know i'm thinking of the legs so that's only like three six what ten there's only like ten working sets on the legs that was yesterday my legs are sore today man and last week they were even worse than this and i'm like i literally just haven't combined like i would do one leg exercise yes, sort of thing yes. you know and one upper body exercise and one no sorry one like pushing exercise and one pulling exercise and that'd be a session you know like yeah. and i might only do somewhere between two and four sets overall for each of those movements whereas now it's like you know three different exercises that were focused on my legs and you know being three or four sets of each rather than if i did accessory it was like one or two sets you know like in that other format i'm like man this is actually way more work than i'm used to yeah. um and so now yeah definitely i've noticed it these last couple of days but then also i guess the purpose of of that like when i was trying to get a bit stronger to be able to do something in conjunction with running you kind of don't want to do all of everything you know like i there's this there's a saying that some people you know in that hybrid type space use that you can't do 100 percent of a running program and 100 percent of a lifting program like you can't jump in and do a full specific 10k program that's designed to get you better at 10k alongside a full powerlifting program that's designed to get you better at the powerlifts like those that you know 100 plus 100 no one that that's not possible right you're either yeah, going to break yeah. down 
or you're not going to get the gains or you're going to get hurt, whatever it is, but you're probably not going to make as much progress as you could if you scaled back. So I've always kind of been living in that zone with my strength training that it's fairly minimalist. It's enough to get a little bit of progress and I'll focus a little bit more on whatever the thing is I'm trying to get better at at the time. Like if it's bench, then I mean, there's a couple more bench, you know, workouts within that week or a couple more sets of bench within that week. Um, and the running has sort of remained at that four days per week almost consistently up until I've started this. And now because I'm doing more of the other, it's three, maybe four days of running, you know, like, so because the volume on the strength stuff's gone up. So that's kind of how I haven't been experiencing heaps of doms, but I say that with the caveat that I have the last two weeks because it's changed. <laughs> and, and, and so are you training a couple of times a day? Are you doing a couple of sessions? Nah. No, it's all one session. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And probably before this block, I was, I was trying to limit most sessions except for the longer runs, you know, somewhere between, I don't know, anywhere from 25 to 45 minutes for most yeah. of most of my sessions. And then you'd have maybe one run that, you know, when I was doing the when I was doing the half training, obviously it was a little bit different. There might be two or three runs out of that length and then one or two that might be, you know, an hour to an hour and a half, depending on on the day, just because you need more kilometers if you're doing a 21k run, you know. <laughs> it's really, um, it's a good distance, hey. Like I, I did that pacing for my mm. mate on his 100. So that was a 26k run. And like it was you know, I had that level of baseline, a couple of longer runs over the year, and then it was just that mm. last month and a half leading in, like we went and did a couple of long runs, basically the distance that I was going to be running. Yeah. And it was just enough to like feel good. And then, you know, he's run 70 odd K. So it was, it was just sort of tucking behind and, and keep running and keep, <laughs> keep the spirits up. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just felt really good. It didn't take too much training. It didn't take too much training load. You know, you're, you're saying not, that as someone who's a relatively well-trained man though as well yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know like like you say i, I think about you know a pre-season rugby thing and you're you're going as hard as you absolutely could you're tasting blood you're doing repeat sets of that and you know i've you know with the um, circle of savages we were sort of oh, we'll do murph one week and mm-hmm. went out there i think i might have been fighting covid but i never got it but I just got halfway through and I was like, I've got to stop this. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I do not have capacity to do this. Um, mm. We did the Bronco and unfortunately I got the distance wrong. But again, it was like, oh, you're tentatively running it. Like, I don't know how hard I can push in this anymore. And it's just like, and then you sort of all of a sudden your, your wheels fall off and you go, oh, that's how hard I can push these days. <laughs> do, do, you yeah. find, do you find that you're like sort of also balancing, like, I don't want to get injured? Yeah, I think so. Like, because, and and when I was doing the CrossFit, like I had a few more injuries that weren't like necessarily CrossFit related, but they came from some of my sprinting stuff. So, because the sprinting wasn't that familiar, I think I pulled a hammy in there and I think I did a quad. Um, So I sort of did both sides of my leg, which kind of has put me off like heavy squat cleans because it was in the bottom of a squat clean that I I popped the, popped the quad. Um, And then the hammy was, was sprinting. And I think that's just partially not being familiar with with sprints and then going out and trying to full send, you know. Um, I did the same I did the same <laughs> earlier in the year or end of last year. We we're on a little bit of a hill here and I was like, oh I'll just start doing hill hill sprints and yeah. You know, then I tweaked it. I was like, oh I'd probably need to slow this down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and I know that I've had like a few hammy issues in the past, like just niggly type sensations. And I've still got like this left quad is still like slightly niggly. So sometimes I'll have to be a bit a bit cautious. And that's probably the other reason I guess why I've gone front squat over back squat because the absolute load is less for me, like it's less stress through the muscle. Um, yep. Although in saying it, it's the front front squat that injured it, right? But it was receiving a clean, so it's a bit different um, in terms of in terms of how dynamic um, <laughs> dynamic that is, eh? Yeah, because 
there's that saying, Hayden, the no man steps in the right, same river twice. Do you feel that like with this training stuff, like it's not so much you've got children now, but it's who you are now? Yeah, that's a real interesting one to think about too, eh? Like, um, it's not just your children, it's all of the responsibilities around yeah. that, that family unit. Yep, yep, yep. You know, there's all what you're always balancing something, right? And you think back to when I was powerlifting and I was early 20s and it was kind of my full, like the full focus almost outside of my working life or outside of my study life was, right, let's get as strong as I can, you know, like, and you have a lot more time back then as well when, when you're a bit younger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's less to think about, right? Um, I probably didn't oh no, we did have a mortgage near the end of that, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't the what mortgages are these days. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, yeah. you know, it was it was quite a different time. And also I think you're you're younger, you recover more, you kind of got a different headspace as well. Like I think when when you're at that earlier twenties type stage in life, you feel a bit invincible, you know, like and you and you can sort of really try and push yourself as hard as you can. And and like you mentioned, like as part of it, not wanting to get injured at the moment, like, yeah, there is a bit of that, right? Like if you push too hard um, and you hurt yourself, that doesn't just affect you now, you know, like back then, you know, Sash, we didn't have kids to look after. Sash was, you know, we were still together back then. Obviously we were married quite a long time ago. As I mentioned, that half marathon was, uh, was many moons back now when I proposed, but um, that, yeah, that whole thing, right? Like if I got hurt then, oh, it would tick me off because I was had big goals, right? <laughs> so I didn't want to get hurt. But these days, like if I'm hurt and can't help, man, that's a whole different story for the house. Like the whole point of training is to keep healthy, well, <laughs> and be able to do these things. So if you hurt yourself, you've literally done the opposite of what you're doing your training for, which is to keep healthy and keep, you know, in a position to be able to support people. So it's kind of like, and and I do say that, but I also know in the back of my head that I still train to be competitive, but my goal's different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So wh what is what are the challenges of in parenthood that, that you've found the biggest thing? Like now you've got two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so yeah we're pretty early into into having two and it is it is more challenging and obviously having these things that are well the, the hard part I think or the the main shift that I've made is sort of when I train and how I train mm -hmm. like because I have the setup at home there'll be some there was a night last week for instance where I had I think it was four exercises to get through and I think I did two like in the afternoon with Harvey before dinner or two, it might have been two and a half. Like I, I think I even did a couple of the sets of the other exercise, you know, within that. Like I didn't even finish that three sets. I think I did two sets and saved one to after dinner. Yeah. Went and had dinner, you know, did stuff, put Harvey to bed. And then I went and finished my last four sets in the gym. So like I literally split up a session like with a unplanned, you know, 45 minute hour break in between because there were other commitments that were needing to be done. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest thing that I have changed in that facet is being heaps more flexible about when I train, um, which sometimes can cause, you know, a little bit of drama because you're not there in the evening. And, you know, that's when that's the time that you can spend with your wife when the kids are a little bit more sleepy, you know. Um, so sometimes I'm like, well, I, I really want to get my run done. And, I, you know, I'll go at eight o'clock at night and I know earlier on in the pod which is quite funny because right, this is only an evolution in the last sort of six to nine months but once we've had baby number two the mornings don't actually work anymore like mm -hmm. it's quite funny they were the best time of day once when harvey had a bit of a rhythm right because i could get up go and do something and then you know i could start the day with the family sort of thing Except whereas now <laughs> yeah 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 still had to be a little bit flexible but yeah. <laughs> but now it's like literally the best time of day will be the evening 
or it would be trying to get it in during the day at work, but I can't get out of the office for that long because then my work day becomes another, you know, hour long. Um, yeah. So I've started to squeeze a lot of stuff in the evenings and then I've been fortunate this first, or this last piece, sorry, of this um, 2023 to be able to have Wednesdays off work. And so that's like my coaching day at the moment. That's a day that I do all my coaching programming, try and get my podcasts in on that day if I can. Um, and I'll train during the day and I was often doing like a double day that day because I knew that was the day that I could squeeze in both a lift and a run. And so that would sort of tick two boxes in one day. You know, you'd do one earlier in the day, one in the afternoon. It was a nice way to have break as well from actually doing, you know, doing mahi during the day. So, so yeah, it's, that's probably the biggest challenge has just been the coordination part, man. Like it's honestly so much more challenging. Um, and you kind of like, you want to be useful as well when you're at home because that's the whole point, right? Like you're at work till 4 35 o'clock depending on when you start type scenario and like yeah if you come home and then you just go to the gym what use are you to anyone like that would be pointless right and also that's the time i want to spend with harvey you know like that's the time and obviously help in the morning as i can but i'm trying to get ready for work myself as well so i'll do what i can to help um initially at the start of the day because sash is stay-at-home mum at the moment which is you know awesome because it means that she can devote that time to the kids but i also want to be present like i want to be involved and so for me it's like i want to try and do something in the morning um you know whether that's making the breakfast getting changed whatever it is but being engaged and actively involved you know while i can be while i'm there and while i'm present and then when i get home i don't want to just be running off to train like there are times when i'm like that's the only time i'm going to fit it in so harvey you're coming to the gym with me type scenario <laughs> um but I want to spend that, you know, because it's only really a two-hour window, man. Like, mm. you get home and it's 4.35 o'clock, you know, for me, sometime in that sort of range is normally when I've been getting home. Harvey's in bed by seven. Like, yeah. I've literally got two hours of which 30 to 45 minutes of that is dinner time um, that you get to spend with him. So it's kind of like you don't want to be wasting that time. Um, so... Yeah, that's kind of the way I've been trying to think about things a little bit more recently is how can I maximize the time with the kids, which means everything else has to get reprioritized around that. Whereas previously it might have been, I don't have kids. What's the best time of day to train? Oh, that looks like it would be this time of day. As soon as I get home from work, you know, I can switch on, go into that mode, spend that, come home, dinner will be a bit later. And then we get to spend the night together with, you know, with the wife. And that's cool. That's awesome. That worked really well at that phase of life, but that's not not the case anymore. You know, um, I want to spend time with Harvey when I'm home and I want to spend time with Toby when I'm home and get some of those snuggles, you know? So yeah, it's a bit of a balancing act when you kind of want to do all these things. And I'm, I'd probably say I'm guilty of being too keen on my training. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and sort of having to fit it in, which then might affect, you know, the dynamic with Sash. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's hard to get it all right, man. It's definitely not easy. And I think communication is a massive part. And you heard some of our communications before I started on the pod. <laughs> No, to, to manage to miss that, don't worry. <laughs> then on the coaching side, like you said, you've, had to, you've been able to step away from the one or two um, Olympic lifting mm. team, like to be now able to coach sort of personally in programming. Like, was was that an easy thing to to let go of the the wider the wider good, if you will? No, I, yeah. I, my my old man's um, he's been involved with rowing for mm. forever. He's he's the current president of New Zealand rowing, but like I, I just remember like meetings and stuff at our house and you know him on conference calls and all this sort of thing like that and then once we left left home then he was able to go and become a professional coach you know not just a, a teacher yeah. and, a, and a what was it a specialist and engineer at the at the smelter who coached he became a coach but yeah. yeah like it's 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 one of those tough things that like you 
to put to put your dreams what, what was that probably 28 years on hold like mm-hmm. you know, dabbled did did well but like yeah to the to wait until you're in your late 50s to to chase a dream is, is a pretty pretty strange thing like it's a long time between competing and coaching <laughs> yeah I, and it's one of those things i've been thinking about like and this is quite philosophical stuff really this one but like I've been having a bit of a thought this year because in my job, like I've been doing fairly well in in my job, you know, and been getting a few different roles and being able to move up and, you know, earn more money and those sorts of things. And it's kind of at a stage now where I'm like, you actually need to, like, sure, being able to do more coaching. And as I mentioned, I'm going to lose that Wednesday. So I'm only going to be able to do a few clients, you know, because on top of work, podcast kids, I don't really want to be adding in you know, yeah. 10, 15, 20 individual coaching athletes. I'm just going to keep it to a few people, you know, and not sort of push it hard. I might try and do some sort of group, um, like sell programs, those sorts of things, just of stuff that I've been doing that I enjoy, like that strongest 10, you know, try and do stuff like that, that I'm going to be writing these programs anyway. So I might as well get some people to be involved. Um, but I've sort of been thinking about that from that lens of, and, and it is really hard, right? Because you kind of look at it, I'm like, I really enjoy like sport, fitness, health, helping people get better, um, you know, writing about that, researching that, all of those sorts of things. But if I look at it from the lens of Hayden as a family guy, Hayden who needs to be providing and those sorts of things, right? Like if I want if I want Sash to have the opportunity to choose to stay home with the kids, like that's not a forced thing at all. Like if she wanted to go back to work, we're happy as with that. I've, I've volunteered to stay home with the kids. I don't know if that would go as well as I think it would in my head if it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, <laughs> I've volunteered to do If you want to go back to work, you know, like I'm, I'm happy to do this. But, you know, I'm I'm probably more the career-driven one out of us too, you know. like, And I know that's different in every relationship. But for me, it's like like I, I know that Sash would much rather be the one at home looking after the kids and she really enjoys that role, or at least I, I hope she does. I think she does. Um, and so by me, you know, if I'm doing well in my career at this stage of my life, it might not necessarily be the thing that I'm like the most passionate about. You know, it might not be a sport or exercise or research or whatever it is role. I can, in my head, I can link it, you know, with the health side of things. Yeah. But it's 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 really completely different, you know, like the health sector is a different beast altogether. Um, but I'm like, at this phase of my life, it's probably wiser for me to work this, you know, normal or nine to five type job, earn money so that we can actually get through this phase, you know, these next couple of years where if we want Sash to have the opportunity to spend more time at home with the kids, we don't want the kids going to daycare every day. Like if that's what we're choosing to have for the kids and that's what we want to be able to do, I have to be earning more money, right? So I can't just go and like, you know, live my dream, so to speak, and, you know, start this coaching business from scratch, quit my full-time job and go out and like launch this, you know, launch this romantic. hustle that's not a side hustle. Like it, it sounds great, right? You know, follow your dreams, whatever. And and there probably is a time that that could work. But as you say, maybe that is 20 years down the track, you know, once we're well-established, we're all good. And if it fails, it's not going to end me. Whereas at the moment, if I quit my day job and, and went into that, it probably would end me. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it is, it is, it is. It's like, what is the what is the objective of this time in this phase in my life? And I can still be involved in these things. Like I can still do some coaching. Like, as I said, I can still do a handful of clients. I can still do this podcast and talk to dads about how they manage to navigate this time of life um, whilst working this job that might not be my, you know, full passion. It's definitely something I'm still interested in. And I want to be, you know, I want 
the health system be, be to be better, right? And I want it to operate better because I know that that has impacts on, you know, the wider social fabric, but also on my family, my kids, you know, their futures. If the health system is strong and good and effective, then they're going to get a better deal out of that. So is the rest of my family. So is the rest of my friends, you know, so it does help. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that that's like, man, I was called into this world to do this, you know, like that's, that's not the way that it feels. Um, so I guess that's kind of, that was again, part of the reason of starting the whole podcast you know and getting it to the stage that it is part of that was actually having you know an outlet for this thing which i mm. studied for bloody years <laughs> i'm super interested in i love being involved and in, i enjoy coaching in and like being able to still keep sort of my finger in that pie so to speak in some way and also have that in this in this new sphere of like parenting is mm so interesting and how people can manage to do both of those things right and not fall off the wagon at this phase of their life like if you can help a few more people to do that like i think that's that's worthwhile um as well as keeping me engaged in this area which if i didn't do this you know i i wouldn't be as engaged in the sport and fitness world as i still am by doing this and by producing content about it and by being involved on instagram and all of those things so it kind of helps with that outlet i guess when i may not be currently able to do that in my day job but who knows maybe in the future sometime it will build to be something bigger right but for this stage of my life i'm now looking at it, i'm trying to about hayden keep yourself level-headed mate you need to be making sure that you're earning good in incomes that you can give the kids the opportunities they need you know and it's funny because it sounds like you're sacrificing something mate you're just doing your day job like pretty much everyone else in the country so don't think yeah. of yourself as all high and mighty for you know foregoing your passion or anything like that it's not the case at all but that's kind of just the way i think about it right now right it's like okay this is a phase of my life this has to be a bigger focus for me because i want to be able to provide these things for my family and these opportunities and these privileges um which if i chose to go and chase my dream and, and drop my career um i might be in a different you know a different position i might not have a wife and kids anymore mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what are you doing it for but i don't yeah. have coaching <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, i don't think i'd be as happy mate so i think that uh that i have to keep that bigger picture in the, in the context and also as you've you've you know rightly said there your dad you know what do you say 27 odd years so yeah. I, I, I also like to think of it that way, right? Like you can keep coaching for a long time. You can keep being involved in sport for almost forever in your life. So just because you might spend, you know, five, 10, 15, whatever the years are now working at something that's not that doesn't mean you can't come back to being more engaged in this space later on in life. So um, I don't know. There you go. There's some real talk. <laughs> yeah. And I, I suppose, you know, having that experience factor is quite helpful when you go to the, the professional level is, you know, You've, you've run teams in the mm. corporate world, which, you know, when it comes to professional sport, you've got to be pretty skilled at as well, navigating the um, internal politics and the, where the money comes from and all that sort of stuff and the effectiveness of what you're doing. So a little bit of life experience goes a long way with that as well. And, you know, you've you've got people looking up to you, you know, especially with most of that sport age group stuff, mm. you know, 19-year-olds and under 23-year-olds before they're trying to make that leap into the elite crews. It's like... You know, you'd, you'd want someone that knows it, the odd thing or two and can be a be a figure and a role model to them. So that, that sort of ties into one of the questions you ask everyone. Mm. is like role models. The network effects of your podcast must be massive because not only do you get to hear the experience of who you're interviewing with, but you've got that gem of a question of like, who's a role model for you? And you just go, oh, yeah, broadens, broadens my outlooks beautifully. Yeah, like looking at those people that have kind of inspired you. And like that's probably been... Like that's been one of the coolest things actually with the podcast this year for me has been reconnecting with some of those people that I really enjoyed like 
it was enjoyed hanging out with at that time. And then there's also those people that are role models, you know, or people that you sort of got you into it. Um, and so like, yeah, this year I've got to connect with all these guys that I used to powerlift with like eight years ago, you know, some of them I hadn't spoken with since probably like 2014 or something like that. So, you know, just reached out, sent them a text, said, Hey man, like, I've started a podcast. Everyone's like, oh, I started a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I've done, I've done this, this many episodes. <laughs> well, funny thing, actually, Ryan, I had a guy say to me, because um, he's like, he got a bit of a following and stuff. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, I've got this podcast. I've had these guests on, you know, threw out a few names, you know, some people that are, you know, well known um, in, the, in the strength, the strength sort of world. And I was like, oh, you know, like, be awesome to have you on. And, you know, I see, you know, you're really passionate about being a father and those sorts of things. So I'd love to be able to chat to you about some of that. And they were like, oh, once you've done 100 episodes. Oh, um, it's an easy answer, that one. <laughs> once you've done 100 episodes, you know, come back to me. And I'm like, when I get to 100 episodes, will I actually? Or will I be like, hmm, it's been going all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of that funny thing. But, you yeah, know, it has been really cool to kind of get to have some of these guys that you've sort of looked up to. You've seen do it. You've seen be involved in the sport. You've seen be able to do it while being fathers. You know, some of them were competing at Worlds with me when they were dads. And it was always one of those things. You're like, how the heck can you manage to balance both of those things, still make these sort of gains um, <laughs> and, and like, you know, be a good dad, you know, because it's not just like they say, oh, I'm a dad and, you know, the kids are so annoying and rah, rah, rah. Like, you know, they're talking about the kids as if it's something they actually enjoy in their life, yeah. um, which is the sort of dads that I hope I'm normally talking to on here, right, is the ones that actually care about it. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I know that's been, that's been pretty cool. And it's been, yeah, as I said, reconnecting with some of those guests has been, awesome as well like that's a part that I didn't I guess I didn't realize would happen when I first started this was I didn't realize that I'd get to sit down and you know a few weeks back we had Stephen Pritchard on who was an Australian powerlifter no relation um but I hadn't talked to yeah, him I wondered, before, I wondered about that one like, <laughs> I hadn't talked to him for you know years and years and years and some of the Aussie powerlifters funny enough even messaged me and said oh you got Steve out of the woodwork sort of thing you know like he came on um, so they were all stoked to hear from him as well, which was kind of cool, you know, like they obviously hadn't been knowing what he was up to. I think they told me I got him out of hibernation type scenario. So, yeah, so it's been pretty cool and I've enjoyed that. And obviously some of those guys you quite respect because you've dealt with them, you know, in, in the sporting sense and to kind of get to figure out how they apply some of those lessons and how some of those lessons inform what they do. That's, yeah, that's been pretty cool. Oh, that's bloody awesome. So your uh, three final questions, David. <laughs> It's very funny, times. man. I've I've asked this forty nine uh, times. <laughs> well, I don't well, not forty nine because I've done a few individual ones. So there are a few times, um, yeah. and and I thought I'm not going to write down any answers to these, like because I've asked them so many times. I'm just going to see what comes out. Like I did, I, I know what the questions are, obviously. So there's been some mental rent taken up with that, <laughs> but I haven't gone out and sought to write down an answer. So we'll see what comes out. <laughs> so your first one is one key parenting tip or word of advice for new dads in those first years and you're back in those first years <laughs> yeah i'm right in the thick of it at the moment if you just a couple of months in um i think i think the biggest thing with this is and you know people say this all the time and i've had this one said multiple times but it's like make the most of it like make the most of that time and make the most of those experiences and i guess having the second baby it's very different having the first baby, but you're so much more aware of how quickly things change. Mm. Um, and so when they're really little, you know, like those snuggles, you know, you might get those little smiles or even just the windy smiles at the start, you know, that aren't really smiles, but then, <laughs> you know, 
Next yeah, minute, they are actually cool for a back rub. <laughs> Next minute, you know, you've got a, a three-year-old kicking and screaming on the ground because he cut his toast the wrong way. You know, like oh, it's it's such a different scenario. So I think like embracing each of those stages um, is really really key, and kind of just enjoying enjoying both the challenges and the like cool parts about that stage because you will look back on them and you will be like, oh man, I miss it when he used to do that. Um, you know, I miss it when he didn't run around and when he gave me snuggles. And then once he's, you know, left the house, you like, oh, I miss him running around the house screaming and making noise. You know, like I think there's going to come a time where you'll you'll genuinely miss almost all of those aspects, even the stuff that at the time is really, really challenging. Um, so for me, it's embrace those things. Um, and then the other part that I'm kind of, one thing I'm trying to do a bit at the moment, and this probably applies once the more toddler age and this is something, yeah, I'm I'm still most definitely working on, right? Like, just take a breath and take a moment. Like, when something's <laughs> not going well, just stop yeah. and let yourself have, like, a moment. Like, yesterday, I didn't do such a good job of this. And then this morning, I was able to do it a whole lot better, but still not great. Or I didn't think it was that great. But, you know, like, they're losing it about something that is just seems completely irrational and is completely irrational like i mentioned you know the toast cut the wrong way you put peanut butter not marmite and i don't like marmite anymore and whatever it might be and you're like just take a breath like you know you've got to remember that that person in front of you like they literally are a toddler they don't have reasoning capacity they don't have logic like they you know they're just reacting you know and they don't there's not necessarily there doesn't need to be a rationale or logic behind it which is i think the part that's hard for me is i'm like but you asked for the marmite like you literally asked me for marmite and now you don't like it like yeah. or you asked me to cut your toast in triangles and i cut it in triangles but they're not the right triangles you know like <laughs> like that sort of stuff like you sort of just have to stop take a breath and tell yourself you know like this this doesn't have to be rational in their mind like to them this matters and you kind of just have to take a breath step back um and assess the situation rather than just reacting like that's kind of the thing i think is avoid that initial reaction so those are the two things embrace the moments and you know take a breath and avoid avoid that initial reaction and give yourself the time to kind of think about it because you are the rational one you're the, <laughs> yeah. you're the parent so you have to be the rational one so you need to model that in the way you respond which is a work in progress for me <laughs> yeah there's, there's, there's no malice to it as, as, as malicious as it feels <laughs> so uh, you see one the most helpful new habit you've implemented in the last year not limited to parenting or training must be the podcast <laughs> yeah well i guess that's something that has been pretty helpful for me to be able to have those conversations it's obviously also presented its challenges um but probably for me with this one like i actually got rid of it recently and i don't know if we spoke about this when you came on my one or when i went on your one but i downloaded this app that blocks me getting onto like yeah. social media and stuff after a certain time and I actually only got it back last week. Like this, so, you know, full honesty, right? Whenever I talked about this earlier in the podcast, I was like, I've got that under control now. I'm sweet. Like, I don't need this app to block, you know, Instagram and Facebook for me. Like, I can do it myself now. I'll just put the phone down at nine o'clock. No, you won't. <laughs> um, so actually as, as last week, I re-downloaded it. <laughs> as someone that did the same thing, I probably also need to re-download it. <laughs> Honestly, I thought I thought that it was all good again. Like I yeah. thought, right, you've got social media under control. Like it's all good. You don't need this like forced get off thing. Um, and for me, the like just normal screen time or whatever it is on iPhone, it doesn't work. Like I can just go in and I know my pin. So I'll just get myself back onto Instagram or whatever it is that I'm trying to scroll. And so by getting this app, I think it's even called something real simple like app block. I don't know. Um, but essentially you have this thing called strict mode. And so strict mode means no matter what I do, like I can't remove the app, 
which is a thing in itself. Like you could just delete strict mode, uh, the strict app, and it would stop you going on anywhere, right? But I, I redownloaded it. I've got a strict mode on, so that means that at 9 p.m. I think it's 9 p.m. now. I went earlier, so I'm probably going to miss Instagram after this. Won't be able to go on tonight, mate. <laughs> um, is like it'll literally stop me getting on Instagram. I'll put all the social media, LinkedIn, everything like that is on there. Um, you know, I've even this time put Google and uh, so Google Chrome and Safari on so that I can't even go browse the internet and muck around doing something on there. Like I'm like, nah, you can't muck around at all. It's either pretty much access your reading apps <laughs> um, or go read a book or go spend time with your baby. So yeah. that's probably been the most useful habit, which I actually stopped and restarted very recently in the last year. But I think that has been really or is really helpful for me because it just stops me getting sucked into that trap. Um, and hey, call me ill-disciplined because I t can't do it on my own, but I found something that works. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to do a year in review shortly. I think that might be something <laughs> that Nicole and I talk about because, like, you know, it's as I said, I did do it around that same time that it's first years yeah. of life. I had it on there. And, and that was just the, like, screen time thing. Like, Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I allowed myself half an hour on the apps and especially when I'd be at work, I'd bump it. But by the time I, by the time I got home and it was those, left. those productive times, it was like, you know the yeah. phone would be away and it, yeah, would, it yeah. would be like re reading or, or just spending that quality it's definitely time. something that i think is real key eh? like it's so easy just to pick up the phone when you're bored and like it's something that yeah. i think heaps of us just resort to right if you're not doing anything you're waiting in line you just sort of grab the phone out your pocket and start having a look um and you sort of forget that as a kid you'd sit in the back of the car for four hours traveling down oh. from the waikato to to palmy and i don't know what we did but we did something because we <laughs> you'd, you'd <laughs> might have read real books maybe <laughs> yeah you'd sit in car parks while your parents did the whole shop like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel I feel Fight bad with about, your brother or sister. Yeah, I feel bad about going in for a loaf of bread and leaving them in the car. You're like, Jesus, that's okay. Is someone going to report me? Yeah, far out. What are these two, two, you know, what are they? Five and eight year olds doing in a car by themselves? Yeah. <laughs> right, book, book, book or podcast recommendations, Hayden? What do you got? Yeah, I was thinking about this with the with the the book. I find a little bit more challenging because I've read a, I've read quite a few different things. Um, how was Stoic in the last day while? Yeah, I've I've got that. I've been reading that pretty much, you know, most days. So it's yeah, the Daily Dad, yeah. um, and basically you get one one little sort of lesson about being a dad, which has been really good for some of that perspective. I think in terms of like the here and now, the being a like encourager and supporter of your kid, like all those sorts of like things that you know you should be doing, but sometimes it's good to get someone to actually tell you that again every day, just yeah, in these little bite-sized chunks that take a couple of minutes to read. So that's been yeah, that Daily Dad has been a pretty pretty good book um from that perspective um yeah, i just i just got the um stoic journal arrived, i saw that on your instagram today, today. So, yeah yeah i put 2020 is that full-on like journaling yeah i thought it was yeah. like the um daily stoic and then yeah. had a gap to to journal but no it is like so three or four bits at the start of the chapter yeah. and then your week's worth of journaling and then, then it has oh, little yeah. little prompts maybe on each day yeah, I've only had a quick look at it, but yeah, so that's going to be a fun, fun, fun thing to do next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if if I go with just the book to start with, um, I think it was called "Do Hard Things" by Steve Magnus. Um, that one was a pretty good one that I've read recently, um, and I think I've read that twice now, <laughs> um, the audio sure. version. And then there was another one that I read a while back, which is just a real like cool bit of an insight into how 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 insane some people are in the way they think but also how much that can actually impact someone's performance and results and i think it's called how bad do you want it by matt fitzgerald 
um, that that was one of those books that I've come back to and probably read two or three times. And I think it was probably when I was trying to be a good CrossFitter, I'm like, you need to go read it and you need to like be able to be like those guys and just hurt and hurt and hurt. And I remember one guy in CrossFit was like, you just need to work so hard. Like if your eyes aren't bleeding, you haven't worked hard enough. And I'm like, I need to get to that. Um, but, you know, in reality, it really just helps me or like helps you understand how insane some people can be when it comes to pushing themselves in performance. But then also how often we are the self-limiter when we are trying to perform. Like those are sort of the two big takeaways from that book for me. Like so often it's not our body that wants, you know, it's not it's not necessarily the body forcing you to stop, right? If you kept going at that pace, you're not just going to fall over like a sack of spuds, right? You know, your body tries to stop you to stop that catastrophe from happening basically, right? Like it tries to slow you down so that you don't get to that point, but there's always normally a hell of a lot of leeway before you would reach that point, but you listen and you slow down. Um, and there's a couple of stories in there that are, are pretty awesome. There's one about this, um, marathon runner who basically hadn't been training much he'd been partying and all these things but if he won this race he won a certain amount of money and he was like you know all of these sorts of crazy things and somehow he managed to like have this jewel when at the end of this 42k marathon the all marathons are 42ks during the end of this 42k race he's like going jockeying back and forth with this other guy and it's basically like who's going to break first as they're both almost sprinting full tilt like a couple of miles out from the end it was yeah insane story like that that race must have been quite incredible to watch because they sort of sent it both were tired sent it both were tired um so yeah how bad do you want to Matt Fitzgerald and then do hard things by Steve Magnus were both pretty cool reads and definitely worth kind of getting into and they both use a lot of stories which is kind of the way that I like to do things and learn things is through people's stories like I really enjoy that way of um, telling a story and that way of, I guess, trying to teach someone something is teaching through stories. So I enjoyed both of those for that reason. Um, podcast, um, very left field, but keep the change. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably been my one of my go-tos for, you know, the last couple of years. I've listened to that one. I've listened to um, another one called Running Rogue. Um, both of those have kind of been staples that I'm listening to on my on my runs and on my long runs, you know, just because – the one with keep the change, you know, normally when it's Mikey, um, when yeah. Mikey's on there with him, it's always like with Luke, it's like, ah, oh, you know, they, it's just like you're having a conversation with these two lads, you know, while you're going for your run, like that's sort of what it feels like. And then the running rogue one has been good because it's obviously informed me with a lot of like training related stuff to do with running, which hasn't always been my area of expertise. Obviously I know it, but I don't, you know, I've learned quite a lot of things about why people may train certain ways and, Again, people's stories on there as well about things they've achieved with their running. So, yeah, those would be Keep the Change and Running Rogue are probably my most two listened to from last year. And then also, to be honest, but a Stronger um, stronger by Science. I listened to that a little bit. Um, I did get through their Mammoth episode on artificial sweeteners, which is, a, I think it's like a somewhere between three and five hours. That was I can't remember cancer. exactly how long it was. <laughs> no. Yeah, um, it's already there. <laughs> um, so you can go and listen to that if you want to listen to the four-hour summary, but I've just given you the Cliff Notes version. Uh, <laughs> very interesting, actually, because he goes into like, the history of how it got produced and why people associate it with that and like some of the places it comes, like some of those artificial sweeteners come from. It's no wonder people like this, this shit's scary. Um, but then also even some of the stuff back in the day with like the FDA and some of the things that didn't look like it was done that well, kind of, you can see why conspiracy theorists would jump on a lot of those things, but let's not get into that on this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, that one. And then Iron Culture um, by Eric Helms and Omar Isif. That's, that's another good one. So four, four podcasts, you can tell, listen, keep the change, running rogue, um, stronger by science and Iron Culture. <laughs> awesome. I guess, I guess I wrap it up. You wrap it up. <laughs> well done, hate it. You got to awesome, you got to ask the guests where you can find them. 
Oh yeah, where do you where do you, where do you find yourself on your own podcast? <laughs> well, you're currently listening to my podcast, so that should be that should be one hint. And you'll probably hear something at the start and the end um, that tells you to find me on Instagram at hjp underscore stronger dads. So thanks for listening, team, and uh, thanks heaps Ryan for coming on hosting us, mate. I appreciate that. Too easy, man. This has been a lot of fun. Well done, man. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Stronger Dads Collective podcast. If you found anything within this episode valuable, please be sure to share it with someone else who you think might benefit from its content. Don't forget to give the podcast a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to follow along with what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram at hjp underscore stronger dads. If you're interested in any of my coaching services or learning more about me, just head to hjpmethod.co.nz. That's hjpmethod.co.nz. Right. We'll see you on the next one.